I am Yasmin Mummy, and this is Higher Purpose, a portrait of the jobs movement turning around Baltimore. Join us as we thread deep into the jobs movement for and with Baltimore's residents, under and unemployed, often excluded from earning a living wage years after being locked away. What distinguishes Turnaround Tuesday from other workforce development efforts? It's a jobs movement for one, not a jobs program. Turnaround Tuesday is a movement because it started on the ground. It started with us knocking on doors, going on the corners, talking to people, bringing in the police department, bringing in uh, uh, legal aid. A jobs movement focused on people, where participants are valued and heard. Bear witness to this movement that leaves people whole again, standing in their greatness, restored of their dignity. So here at Turnaround Tuesday, again, it is very important that people feel valued um, and they leave us better than they came. It's a story of Baltimore that only Baltimore can tell, and we intend to tell it like it is. Sitting for two and a half hours in a hard plastic seat in a hot, crowded room, Bree Johnson waited for her number to be called. She'd never been in need of social services before. Newly divorced and a survivor of a marriage that turned abusive, she was seeking assistance with medical and food bills for herself and her three young daughters. The company she worked for had folded and let her go after 12 years as a successful mortgage banker in Hawaii, number two in the state. But it was 2008, the market had crashed, and the recession had begun. Her rent was overdue, unemployment was running out, savings were running low, and her family had nowhere to live after being evicted. Octavia, a mother and survivor of domestic abuse, determined to find work again, says of Brie. Oh, she's a bundle of joy. You know, Brie is my counselor. Brie is my uh, support. Brie is the person I call when I feel a little down. She um, always just give me all this incredible stuff to read, books to go and get, self-help books. Brie is inspirational. For Octavia, Brie seems to embody a future she can see for herself. On the other side of the pain, Brie has been where many women in Turnaround Tuesday are. She explains. I know what it's like sitting in seats like this. Yeah. So I've been there. So I've shared that seat with someone. And um, I'll never forget the first time I went to social services. I think it was the first time ever in my life that I felt truly misjudged by the people who were there. You're devalued so much there. And I always told myself, if ever given the opportunity to work on the other side, that I would do it so differently. And it appears so. When Turnaround Tuesday first began, the staff did not want to recreate a workforce development culture where individuals felt devalued and not seen, similar to Bree's experience. 
They sought to intentionally build a dynamic job training curriculum and approach based on what participants were dealing with on a daily basis. Because we want to make sure a movement is something that listens to the people consistently and constantly. A program is designed for everybody to fit into. And we was not going to design something to say everybody fit in this box. Because we know people don't fit in boxes. Toys go in boxes. Products go in boxes. People don't go in boxes. So we listen. Says Terrell. Turnaround Tuesday's training sessions follow a 10-week cycle of curriculum that covers leadership, telling one's story, interview skills, job readiness, and conflict management. The curriculum also includes a two-week, 30-hour essential skills training led by Dr. Cheryl Finney, former researcher at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, and she is currently the chief strategist for Turnaround Tuesday. In this role, she leads and coordinates the workplace teaching credited as a crucial intervention in participants' lives. The essential skills curriculum pushes participants to examine their patterns of decision-making, action, and reaction through a set of role plays, small group discussions, written reflections, and whole group teaching. Cheryl mentions, The more we can get people to react in the room, the more we can really work with what's really going on. Because we, we teach these great things, and then we have great discussions, and then we role play, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you just yelled at your supervisor and walked out? You no longer have a job? And, you're, and they're like, yeah, but, but she was disrespecting me. I was like, but we just talked about... So, you know, we're all, we're all like um, creatures, creatures of habit, and so we have to, like, wrestle with what is going to be your gut response to something. Cheryl connected with Turnaround Tuesday through the Build Member Church Brown Memorial, located in one of Baltimore's Tony and predominantly white neighborhoods, Bolton Hill. Cheryl was one of the church congregants who volunteered at the Christmas Attics Recreation Center attached to the Utah Marshburn Elementary School. In 2012, the city closed the recreation center, citing low attendance and poor facility conditions. I think when I got really frustrated realizing I had the power and resources and connections and I was not fully utilizing them. I was just tapping into the part that I wanted to tap into. That was hard. I was like, oh, you have all these networks and you have this education and you've had, you know, your kids have had this amazing experience and lots of resources around. What the heck are you doing? I was living a good life, but it was fairly ego-centered or me-centered, like our life, you know, it was good. Um, I got to do, I had it compartmentalized, that's what I would, I would say. This was my time to spend with other children, and, uh, and then this was my own family time. And my world started to collide when the rec center got closed, and I started realizing, oh my gosh, that's not going to happen where I am, and I can't, I can't watch this. I can't sit idly by kind of thing. Um, i got to learn how to do it differently. It was a defining moment that led her to act and be part of something bigger. Tina, a mother of four, admittedly reflects on her improved communication with her family after completing the essential skills training. Because being in the house where people all they do is yell and cuss and fuss. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I yell and fuss and cuss. <laughs> 
but not all the time and not just to communicate with someone, especially if you want to be heard, you want them, you know, you want to not let this be the last communication growing up. That's all I've known, you know, how to communicate. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I still do that sometimes with my children, but I know now I can, I can talk to them. I talk to them. I get better results when I just talk to them. Like, they listen. It is in these reactions where the participants can begin to interrogate their ways of interacting with other people in their home and work life. It's my second time at Turnaround Tuesday, and I'm starting to learn the rhythm of this place. I see Shirley, the spirited and social elderly woman, come back. This is her third visit to Turnaround Tuesday. I see Dee chose to wear his waist-length locks out this time. I notice that folks from this week's Essential Skills Workplace training are back for their second day. It's one of the true testaments of organizing. People are coming back for their second day of training, and some are coming back for their second and third week. This is rare and unique for any kind of workforce and job development training program. People are choosing to be here, and I'm happy to see them again. Brandy's here too. She's the middle-aged woman who shared during the first essential skills training that she grew up in a military family and went to 11 or so different schools. She still does not have enough education put together to land a job. She admitted in the small group session that meeting people with more education is a trigger for her. Next up is the teaching led by Terrell. Because there are going to be a lot of times when you're not going to get what you deserve. And how you're going to act in difficult times goes back to gratitude. You've got to have a personality of gratitude. Because no matter what happens in life, you've got to be able to say at least X. And if you can't say at least X, you'll constantly respond to emotionally. He uses the role play to teach how individual meetings in the workplace can be used to cut the tension and build a relationship with a stressed work colleague. He involves the room and asks how they would respond to a person at the workplace who has an attitude. The room breaks into a few murmurs, but no one offers an answer yet. Terrell tries again. Then a young 20-something woman in black overalls with a cobalt blue shirt underneath, bright blue and yellow sneakers to match, a septum piercing, and beautifully thick box braids wrapped like a spiral staircase on top of her crown, spars with J.C. Good morning, Shadow. What's going on with you? Oh, I can do Shadow. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> yes, I am. Talk about that later. Come holler. 
Her name is Nicole, I find out later. I mean, think about it. What does she really need? What do you think she needs, huh? Today is her first day of Turnaround Tuesday. And you know how we are. We don't want to bust out of the bed. We want to stay there. I know because I want to stay there, too. I'm not going to vent right now, too. Terrell is hitting on something here. But you got to stay there, right? She just want to stay there. So she needs somebody like her to light it up a little bit. And maybe she'd go in again and say, girl, look, come here for me. You know, I feel the same way you do sometime when I come in here, right? Because I want to know that people feel the way I feel. You know, something. But let me tell you some of the things that I do when I'm in those places, right? Because sometimes we just need options. The Turnaround Tuesday staff masterfully set the tone for participants to engage fully in the teaching. The sessions don't sound like some dry lecture on navigating workplace culture. They're the opposite. Lively, accessible, unguarded, and fun. The people in the seats are encouraged to participate and offer their honest insights, concerns, worries, breakthroughs, throughout most of the teaching. What the room offers becomes the material for the teaching. Before anyone speaks, they must stand up, speak into the microphone, and say their name. It is a recognition of who they are and their forthcoming contribution to the room. It's also good practice for interviews with potential employers. Terrell now goes to the heart of today's teaching. Because it is a way of life. You know, we have a lot of people that have waited years to get a job. And we have them to get a job. And we get a call six, seven months later, agree to quit my job. Why are you getting ready to quit your job? Because I can't stand this supervisor. Because I'm having a problem with this colleague. Well, you're going to be quitting every job. Because I don't care where you go, you're going to get all of those kinds of and the only way you're really going to be able to get through it is this little string of gratitude that goes through everything that you do. There's a very tough time for me right now in my life, but I'm grateful for all those other things that are good. Because, as you said, it could be worse, right? And we deal with this every day on our job. All different kinds of personalities, all different kinds of people. Listening in the seats is William Glover Bay. He decides to stand up and offer something to the room. I'm excited about being a professor because I get paid for that. Wow. Yeah. That keeps my thoughts focused on why I'm here. Because it's easy for me to get distracted. I got too much dirt in my lane anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a little cleaner. Uh, Thank God. Wait. Another sign of encouragement. A few more participants speak. Terrell attempts to close the session. Don't forget how hard it was to get the job. When you're talking about giving up the job. Because, like I, as I said before, you just go right back to the back of the line again. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of going to the back of the line. Yes, and sure, can come? But the session actually closes with... William again, at, at 23 days working at Hopkins, uh, my, my job was having um, drug commissions come in, so that, that means that
And then I'm like, and they said, no, no, go around the corner and get that trash up. So at that point, I just stood there and looked at her. And she said, get, get, get. Oh. Oh. I said, wow. And I left early. There's five people standing around me. None of them over 23 years old, right? And I stepped off. I couldn't wait to that 30 day because I knew I was gonna have to be the meeting for a one-on-one. And that 30 days came, and then I came, she called me and said, when it's time to be back, I said, I've been waiting for that. <laughs> right, so I went to the office and she told me about the evaluation and these things. I said, is this something on some essence? I said, essence, I'm, I'm gonna be an essence on evaluation. I said, well, that's okay, that's fine. Are you finished? Yes. Do you have a concern? I said yes. And I brought it back to this time when she explained to me, gave me three different directions and then said, get, get, get. She said, well, William, when you were standing there looking at me, I said, you gave me three different directions. How I know both of them And she apologized to me. I went in that room as William. I came out as Mr. William. She always called me Mr. William every single Next up is Higher Purpose's final episode, where we meet David, a young man who took a chance on Turnaround Tuesday. We say our goodbyes to the staff, participants, and volunteers who make Turnaround Tuesday. You are listening to Higher Purpose, a portrait of the jobs movement turning around Baltimore. Higher Purpose is a four-episode audio documentary series written, produced, and narrated by me, Yasmin Mumby. Audio production, mixing, and music score by Justin Mayfield.